Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark. Please subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast, rate and review this. And we have a special guest uh, here in Philly. We're trying to figure out what happened with Ben Simmons and where do we go from here. And let's bring in Kevin Boyle, Ben Simmons High School coach from Montverde Academy. And Kevin is one of the best high school basketball coaches in the country, maybe the best, eight-time national head coach of the year in high school basketball. He had Ben Simmons. He had Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving. And tell me, Kevin, as I bring you in, uh, in this draft, how many players do you think will be drafted from your school and also uh, your number one overall pick, what that's going to mean for your school? Well, it will give our school, obviously, a lot of attention. Montverde Academy, we're about 22 miles from Disney World in Florida, international boarding school with kids from 94 countries. And, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham is the projected number one pick. And it will be, you know, personally, my 10th guy uh, picked in the top three. In I'm sorry, my seventh guy in the last 10 years. And five of them are from Montverde Academy. I was at St. Patrick's in New Jersey prior to that where I had Kyrie Irving and Michael K. Gilchrist. So it will mean a lot to our program and to our, our you know, our academy we have where kids Google that stuff all over the world and, and come to join our academy from grade six to postgrad. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, I really appreciate you joining us, and I think Philly does too. Ben Simmons came from Australia to come to your high school. Just give me an idea of when you're watching Ben Simmons this past series against the Hawks. After having so much success in the regular season offensively, what was your feeling when you're watching him struggle like he did? Well, first of all, I obviously hurt for him because I know it's got to be, you know, bothering him. Um, as a player, you don't want to show that too much or talk about it too much. But obviously, when you're not playing, you know, as good as you're capable offensively and you're starting to lose confidence in that area of the game, it's, you know, it's difficult. And then obviously, in the, in the, when you're famous, you're going to get, you know, publicity that's not favorable in those situations. So, you know, that's when you're young, it's hard to handle that when you haven't had a lot of negative publicity in your career, mostly all positive publicity. So, so you know, it was difficult to watch, uh, you know, the offensive side for him. So when you're watching him at the free throw line, and I was talking to you, you said he shot 70% of his free throws in high school? We had Ben for three years. He shot probably just a shade under 70% for three years. 
uh, from the foul line. And um, he had a lot, you know, the funny thing was he had, you know, most games he made, you know, one to two, maybe even three outside shots a game, you know, jump shots. Now I know they're not NBA threes. I know it's not the same talent that you're going against or the length on defense, but we're playing the elite high school level and, you know, guys are coming at them and often having smaller guys try to guard them and get inside them. But, um, you know, I think it's just more than anything, it's, it's a confident thing. Obviously, he's a two-time first-team all-defensive player, so that's a great person to have on your team, guard multiple positions. He's, you know, a three-time all-star. He's a facilitator. I think he led the NBA in assists to three-pointers this season. So if you, you want to play with him, if you're a guy looking to shoot, because he'll give you the ball almost to a fault. And then it becomes a confidence thing of not worrying about missing foul shots. So now you're not attacking a rim. You're not looking to shoot because you don't want to get fouled. And then it affects your whole offensive game, the foul line. So the last three playoffs for Ben, his free throw shooting percentage has gone down each time. And now it's the lowest of all time in NBA history at like 33%. How do you think that has happened? Well, again, I think it's more a, a mental thing than physical thing. I know there's some, you know, things that have to be cleaned up there. I thought his shot was pretty good coming out of high school. He had a slight slant to the, you know, to the left, but very slight. And when he first got to Philly, I don't know, you know, what really happened, but his form changed to, you know, you know, really technically uh, not correct. And, um, you know, I, I think trying to maybe straighten him out too much of his arm, ended up opening his arm up and, and it didn't look good. And I think he lost confidence the, the way it appeared looked and also the result, you know, you start getting some criticism. So you stop doing stuff that people are going to criticize and you get self-conscious about it. And I think, again, I think more than anything, it's a confidence thing. I mean, I've seen him many times go 12 for 15 from the foul line, 11 for 16, 10 for 14. That was regular in high school, those type of numbers. And now you're struggling to go three for 10. Obviously it's mental when you've done that before. And it's something that, you know, if he could fix, which you know, I think without question you can, you know, you're, you're a top 10 player in the NBA if you're aggressive offensively without question, you're capable of getting 22 a game, 23 a game, you know, if you're playing downhill and aggressive. And I almost think he needs a shot quota that he has to be put on and he has to have some type of accountability or substitution thing if you're not doing that, almost like a reverse psychology. We don't care about the result. We care about that you're shooting and you're going to the foul line. We want 10 foul shots a game. We want X field goals a game. And, you know, th that, that type of psychology that it will straighten itself out with work in a gym, with some connect, uh, some corrections. You know, right now he's swinging the ball from his waist to the top of his head instead of really taking it under his chin in the shooting pocket, you know, creating a, a harder shot. So there's some technical things, but more than anything, I think it's a mental thing right now, a confidence thing. And, you know, that's, again, not always easy to fix, but definitely can be fixed. And, and really, when you were watching him in, in the second round, and this has happened couple times in the second round where defense gets a lot tighter and you're in a series, the other team can kind of exploit weaknesses. Uh, how much did you feel for him that it seemed like he kept getting deeper and deeper in, uh, in his mind on the offensive end? How much did the free throw shooting affect everything else and just kind of being shy away from the basket? Well, I, I think it was crystal clear. If you look at his field goals, uh, uh, number of field goals in past playoff series over the several years, it really wasn't that bad, the number of shots he was taking in the, over the years. I looked at it the other day. Um, you know, a lot of times he was in that double-figure shot total. 
And he really just, you know, you could see it was totally confident. Now, could there be some things outside the court? Perhaps there's, you know, as everybody has personal lives. And, and I'm not saying that that's, that's the case at all. But obviously, you know, there's something going on with him that he's not totally focused. And also the confidence thing and the criticism that we get that we've really never had much of when you're a person like him. And sometimes that takes, you know, some, you know, maybe go through a tough patch get some thick skin and, and get back in there and, and get after it again. But, um, you know, there's, there's no question he's capable. I think he's had 25 points or more 21 times in his career. He might even have 40 against Utah this year when Joel didn't play. So, you know, it's not like, oh, he's never could score those numbers. He's, I, I think it, the important thing with him is when he starts good, he almost always plays good. But even in those games, sometimes he'll start with a good first quarter, eight or nine points. And it's almost like he's satisfied, like he got 15 and he doesn't want to risk uh, maybe ruining my percentages that game and going for 30. And I think that's a, a really something that's got to be, to me, it's got to be, he's got to get four or five shots in the first quarter attacking, four or five shots in the third quarter. And that's got to almost be a mandate to him because when he plays that way going downhill, he's just so hard to stop and he's so big and athletic. And he's and he's so capable because he's obviously shoots more shots with his right hand than his left hand. And I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Is he really a righty? Is he really a lefty? And, you know, I mean, probably does everything with his right hand, including signing autographs um, than his left hand. But, you know, I think that's probably difficult at this stage to switch hands, though some people would argue, you know, the result wasn't great. So, you know, is there a big risk in switching? But, you know, but again, I recall I, I, I can you know, again, as a high school level guy, you know, and obviously LeBron's gotten better and better shooting the ball more and more confident. You know, one LeBron's one of the all-time great high school players and NBA players. Ben Simmons was, you know, a three-time national champion. And, you know, we had him for three years and he was as, you know, he was the player of the decade in high school basketball. And that was a deserving award, winning three national championships, scoring, rebounding, defending the whole nine yards. And a variety of things, including making shots and making jump shots. You know, again, still the dominant points were around the rim, but there was almost, you know, a rare game where he didn't hit a shot from the perimeter, if not two, um, in most games. And almost always double-figure foul shots in the game because he's getting fouled. Seven for 11, 10 for 14, bad game, 10 for 15. But it wasn't, very rarely was it below 50% or 50% where you noticed it that bad, you know? So it's, it's um you know, right now it's clearly a mental thing to me. And I believe you told me when we were talking, you compared LeBron James's jumper in high school to Ben's. What did you say? Well, I think Le LeBron, and again, this is in no way any disrespect to LeBron. You could argue he's the best player ever. Um, and there's a good argument for that and some other players. But in the high school level, Ben definitely shot the ball, you know, on that level with LeBron. LeBron shot, I think, improved. If you remember the Dallas series when they lost 4-0 to when he was with Cleveland, unbelievable job getting Cleveland to the championship with not a lot of, uh, you know, final championship talent with him, but his jump shot was, they were backing off, giving him space. And you've seen a different player who's worked, put time in and gotten better and better and has the, the confidence that he's going to take them and make them and not the fear of not being successful. And that's what he, Ben's got to grow, not the, you know, not being worried about not what people think and not being worried about failure. 
And, you know, if he, if he can gain that mindset, he'll have great success and he'll be, I'm not going to say he's ever going to be LeBron because that's, that's, you know, a different story, but he can be a top 10 NBA player regularly. That's not out of the realm for him. Again, he's as good as anybody defensively at his size, which is incredible value in multiple positions. Secondly, everybody wants to play with him because he gives the ball up to you if you could score your, your share with that. And third, I think he needs to be put into handoffs from the five to him coming out of the corner. So now he is, he's kind of rolling out, going towards, you know, getting a handoff, attacking the top of the key to the rim and for a layup, a kick out or a lob dunk over the top to a big. So I think he should be put in more of those positions where he's getting the handoff and attacking the basket. And now he's in that situation. Again, I know to be fair to Doc and everybody else, do we want to put him in that position if he's not being aggressive? Do we want to put him in that position if he doesn't want to get to the foul line? So it's, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg in that type of scenario. But I think, you know, that's a new season. And if it's with Philly, great. If it's with a new team, if that's needed, then great for him. And, you know, I think he's got to start with, you know, kind of take a couple of weeks off, disappear, and then get back to work. And, um, you know, I think a year from now, things could be all right. I mean, last year, Paul George, everybody wanted him tra traded for Hero from Miami. And now there's not a person in the world that would make that trade. So, you know, it's the world we live in today. So when you saw Ben Simmons in high school and the jumper that he had, do you say to yourself, how come he's not using that in the NBA? Well, yeah, I think, you know, when he went to college and he went to first to the NBA, I think... What happens with these guys today, they're, they're, they're such good players, so talented, and it's such massive attention basketball players get. I think a lot of times people are afraid to coach them hard. And, you know, and I don't mean Doc. I think they're, you know, I mean, uh, you know, when he first went to LSU and, and to, uh, you know, to Philly, it's common. You know, there's not a lot of guys getting in your ass, excuse my language, but getting after you and being aggressive if need to be. But I think when you really care for somebody, you're explaining why you're doing it. You're telling them how it's good for them and how, you know, if you don't play aggressive, I'm gonna sit you down if you don't attack the basket. So I'm, I'm basically telling you, if you don't shoot, I'm benching you. Now, you know, what's wrong with that? Why are you complaining about that? I'm telling you, you know, that's almost unheard of. It's usually the other way around. If you take bad shots, if you're not making shots, I'm using the reverse on you. If you don't take X amount of attempts and a jump shot, in the first and third quarter, you're not playing, starting the next game. You're not starting the next half, whatever it is. And I think that type of accountability needs to, to be given to him and to be firm with him on it because he's, you know, he's got such talent and there's no question he's, you know, he's been a terrific player. So let's not forget that. And, you know, everybody coming down on him hard, but how many guys have been an all-star three times in their first four years and, you know, was second in voting in all defensive team and led the NBA in assist on three-pointers. You know, so, and you, we're coming out like this is a, a guy that's not a good player. So he's been a terrific player that had, you know, that's got to gain his confidence offensively. And that's, you know, obviously you got to make shots. You got to do a lot of skill training. You got to be accountable. You got to listen. And you got to, you know, get with, you know, guys and people you really trust in, you know, to, to mentor him regularly. So Now, Sixers coach Brett Brown did push him to shoot. And he even said publicly – that, you know, I want you, Ben, to shoot one three a game. Mm -hmm. And Elton Brand, the general manager before, he said, Ben is going to shoot this season. As it was actually going into the season yeah. before, he's going to shoot. Now, that didn't happen. So, um, so why? 
Not, you know, I'll, I can't answer that because I, I wasn't there, but I think there's no consequence if you don't do what they're asking. And to me, the consequence is you're going to shoot or you're not going to start the next game or you're not going to start the half. And, you know, again, it's a lot of it to me is a reverse psychology of I'm confident in you. I believe in you. I know what you're capable of. And, you know, we're, we got to get this out of you and we got to do something. So don't take it the wrong way, Ben, but we got to come at you. We got to fix this or you're going to get criticized for not doing it. So what you're, you know, you're playing tentative and not as confident as you can be on with the ball offensively because you probably don't want to be criticized and talked about not making foul shots, not doing this. Very, very normal human reaction. But if you don't do it, then you're going to get probably more criticized for you not shooting in the fourth quarter, not being aggressive, being a liability in, you know, in certain scenarios on the, on the end of the game. You know, so either way, you're going to get criticism. You might as well do it being aggressive. And, hey, you had 24 points and you were, you know, eight for 16 from the floor and you were eight for 15 from the foul line. But you had 24 points and you had a lot of numbers and, you know, and you also fouled a lot of people out then. You put a lot of starters on their team on the, who are good offensive players on the bench. So you even help us to some degree if they want to foul you that much and you're aggressive and you have only 50%, 55, it's not what we want, but you're also going to put some good players on the bench and on the other team that are starters if they're going to foul you that many times being aggressive. The old Adrian Dantley theory that, you know, Chuck Daly would say he's a great defender because he gets fouled so much, you know, and, and that's also, you know, part of that doesn't totally hurt us as one may appear. So do you think at this point, because in my personal opinion, this seems to be rock bottom for him offensively because of what happened in this series and to actually be taken out of the game. Do you think this is kind of the moment, the big turning point where things are going to change from this experience? Well, I, I think it's definitely, like you said, a rock bottom for him in basketball in a sense of the criticism, a sense of being taken out of a key part of a game where you're not going to be in um, or you're not, the guy to make the play and have the ball, maybe not shoot it, but at least we're going through you. So that's a different experience. It's a humbling experience, but a lot of times those humbling experiences are good because I think we grow the most when we're humble, when we work hard, and we usually listen a lot better when we've been forced to be humbled, you know, and it, it really opens us up to uh, good ideas from good people and, you know, to understand like, yeah, I do need to get better at that. It's, it's, it's not just a few haters out there saying it. It's, you know, I got to be honest and look at it and say, hey, I'm excellent at defense. I'm excellent at facilitating, but I need to develop my offensive game and my variety of ways to score. There's no reason he's not. In the one game against Atlanta, he did a pretty good job against the Golinari of facing up, and they had about four or five possessions. I think he might have 18 in that game where we really faced him and they went to him a number of times in a row from the, the left, almost like he do with Joel and that left, he drove it several times, faced him at the foul line. He had one or two and it was just that same scenario was set up in a, in a later game and he didn't have the same, the team didn't have the confidence in him. He didn't have the confidence in himself in that game. You could see it, you know, and I think that's, you know, sometimes you gotta get away and regroup, you know, kind of, you know, walk away from it a little bit and, and then come back and, to me, Ben's usually been his best when his back's to the wall um, in these things. A couple of years ago, I think he didn't make the all-star team and he played really good before that against like, maybe one of the players from Miami made it. And a couple of years in a row, he's had good stretches right before the all-star game where it looked like, will he make it, will he not? And he's had like a good 10 games right before the break 
uh, before the decision of who's going to be an all-star. If you look at that, that history, he's had a really good run in those periods where like the pressure's on. If you don't turn it up and score a little bit now, you're not going to make the all-star game. And it, he's kind of responded. And that's what kind of, um, you know, I just think he got overwhelmed with the amount of press and everything that, that kind of caught him probably maybe a little off guard, you know, and, you know, now he's got to, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, just really man up, which I think he will. And I think he'll figure it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm very confident that his best days are ahead and this will be a turning point in his career to have great success. Cause you know, I, we've had the good fortune of having a lot of good pros, D'Angelo Russell and, you know, D'Angelo would say like, you know, Ben's so good. Like in D'Angelo's at one time all-star 20 point score in the NBA. And it's like, coach Ben could score 25 a game. If you just, like, if he really wanted to, it's like, you know, so it's, I, I think a lot of the other guys recognize it and he's got to, you know, work at it and believe it in himself and be put in those situations that are best for him. And again, it's got to be, I, I just think it's a mindset. I remember a couple of years ago, I went to the Brooklyn series and I was down below with him after the game. And I was the first game, I think they lost to Brooklyn. He didn't play particularly well. And, you know, they were all making excuses for different things. And I was like, you know, the ball's in your hand. You have the ability to attack the rim. They're not taking you out of the game. So I don't want to hear about this situation, that situation, attack the rim. I think he had 18 and 31 the next two games against Brooklyn, really being aggressive, really going downhill. And then he got, I think, with Kawhi in the next series, it was like, for him, it's like Kawhi and LeBron, two big stars. And they're almost like, you know, guys, like I'm a, a young guy in the NBA, and that's LeBron James, and that's Kawhi. And I think that was, you know, didn't play as well in the Toronto series where he had a really good Brooklyn series offensively, if you go back to that time. You know, for about the last, you know, about that middle part of the series, he really scored a boy at 31 in one game and was aggressive and taking 15, 16 shots and looking, you know, like there's nothing wrong here at his age. Everything's progressing nicely. So, you know, I think he just has to, you know, reevaluate uh, re everything, look at everything, get in the gym, you know, get with Doc and the staff and, and, you know, and hopefully if it's a Philly, if it's at a new place, I know it could be tough in Philly when you struggle, they're not too forgiving, but that, that's, you know, that's all right. So do you think that it can happen in Philly? Because I remember a couple of years ago, he said he was learning to try to block out the noise and all of the things that are out there. And we live in a social media world. So do you think that he can overcome this in Philly or does it have to be somewhere else? Well, I think he can, you know, um, any place, obviously, you know, it's going to take some time, but any place, people forget fairly quick. You go, you know, 20, 30 games in the next year and you start making shots with some consistency, people will start hoping again and dreaming again that it could be done in Philly. You know, I think they need to, you know, the fans that are, are diehards and a little frustrated and maybe a little outspoken, um, you know, their whole life is their team. And if they start seeing results like that, you know, they'll still probably want to see it in the playoffs. But at the same time, they also haven't seen those type of shots in a regular season. So I think for Ben, just showing, you know, some jump shots in games, some pull-ups at the foul line even, you know, one dribble pull-ups to the elbow, um, you know, more post-ups and, you know, face-ups in the post and little shots are going by, got one bounce and powering the ball. And, um, you know, I think those type of things, and if the team does a good job, if I'm the team, if I'm with Philly, I want to really market that sell that to him as well as to them that hey we're not going to win without him so we need everybody's support if if he's here and we all need to encourage him it doesn't make sense not to 
if you fans want a championship and that would be the wise thing for all of us to get behind them and you know not to forget too we're all people and we all have positive you know times in our life and negative times and you know um as fans of course we can get a little bit overzealous but at the same point that we need to have you know compassion when somebody's that young and struggling a little bit you know it's interesting because you you told me about his jump shot in high school and i see him warming up before every single game and he makes a lot of jump shots he takes some threes we're not talking about him taking a lot of threes in the nba we're not talking about him yeah. taking threes at all really but like you said a mid-range jumper or a jumper, 10 foot, 12 foot jumper would do really well. So my thing is like, we see him work on it pregame all the time. He warms up that way. Um, what do you think is the block that's there for him with his shot? Is it the mechanics of it, the changes that were made to it by whoever, or is it he doesn't want to look bad in a game and hear criticism from people? Well, you know, I think there's some things mechanically that could be adjusted. Um, without question, but at the same point, I think part of that is the criticism. He's got to get over that stage of it, that, you know, that concern with public opinion, you know, and I think a lot of the young kids that have had such fame so early, you know, so much of their life is centered around public opinion, you know, and for us who haven't had negative public opinion, it could be very overwhelming at first, especially at this stage and how, you know, how, how some people could be. Uh, so I think he needs to address that as well as his development of, I'm not where, you know, yeah, yeah, I want to look good. Yeah, I want people to like me. Yeah, I want people to respect me, but I'm not going to measure myself in public opinion. I'm going to know who I am. And if I work really hard, put a lot of time in, that's all I can do. That's what I can control. I'm going to work on what I can control. And I want people to like me, but I'm not going to be concerned if they don't, if I did everything I can. I'm going to, you know, hold my head up and know I put every, every ounce into it that I listened. I worked hard. I was accountable. And, and, you know, I think Philly's a, a working man's town. So, you know, so I think, you know, he, he wants to show that they want to show that. And, you know, from a public marketing standpoint, I would push that, you know, as well to the fans. I think the fans are part of this if he stays in Philly to help that. You know, it's interesting because some people think because of the free throws going down each year, the percentage, uh, that he doesn't work enough on it, uh, and maybe he doesn't care enough. That's just a little perception that can be out there. What do you say to that from your experience with him? Well, Ben was always a terrific practice player for us. You know, I think as, you know, he needed to, you know, first he did not need to be in the gym extra in a sense of not that he didn't need to be, but it wasn't something that it came easy to him. He was a dominant high school player at 6'10 and, you know, a tremendous athlete. Uh, he practiced very, very hard for us, you know, and again, you know, we've have a, you know, a good reputation that we're not going to allow anything, but guys going really, really hard. And, you know, um, he, that's why I said, I, what I'm saying, he was, he had, had no problem being coached hard and, and run hard. And I think, you know, a, a little bit, you know, and sometimes in college in, in where he was, I don't think they were happy to have him. And I don't think they were really in him, you know, to, to really push him. And it was almost like a year to get to the pros. And, you know, as opposed to a developmental year to get to the pros and an improvement year. And we're living in the gym year. And a year from now, you have to do A, B, and C in the world. You're going to be in the NBA. And we got to, you know, you're just, you know, weren't really shooting a lot of perimeter shots at LSU. And, you know, we didn't address some of those things. And I don't know if, you know, they held him accountable working as much as he probably should have. 
you know, and then, you know, in the NBA, I'm not, you know, knocking coach Brown, but I think, you know, the same thing. I don't, you know, I think the relationships are different. And when players are so young, um, you know, again, I think people sometimes need to be coached hard. I think when, when they got into D'Angelo a little bit at Brooklyn was probably when he was his best with Casey in that second year when he was, you know, all of a sudden he blew up and was playing great. And I think that was a good system with, you know, I think some guys need that relationship with a coach or the coach and that I think it's important for them, you know, the way their makeup. And I think Ben needs that either the head coach or the top assistant that they have a great relationship that he could trust the guy and that that guy could also be honest with him and tell him stuff he may not want to hear, even negative stuff about his game and transparent stuff that needs to improve. And we're not going to pussyfoot around it. We're going to address it. And I'm not going to worry if you're pouting and, and you're not going to pout. You're 24 years old. You know, you got to be accountable and, you know, you're, you know, you're a grown man now. And now, you know, you're going to have some bad press from this, but there's, you know, there's, there's the sun's going to come out tomorrow and it could be a bright day in Philly or at someplace else in the NBA. And I, and I think it will be for him. Yeah. I tell you, I love what you're saying about the coaching. It is hard for these coaches in the NBA. You're seeing all the coaching changes this year in Atlanta, uh, in Dallas, uh, you hear Zion wants uh, some different things done. Stan Van Gundy's out of a job. So I think sometimes these coaches, uh, they can get fired if the star player doesn't like the coach or the way the coach is coaching them. So it, it's such a tough thing in the NBA. Yeah, but you know, I think, again, it doesn't mean you have to be in any way. You can never be disrespectful to anybody, but I think a lot of guys, you know, are would be receptive to – transparency to you know maybe somebody pushing them hard if they don't have that in them and again if you don't get your star to buy in in some way you're going to be fired anyway eventually you know if you don't get him to do what if you're correcting what you need him to do if you can't figure out how to get him to do those things and and the lead and this and that then you're going to end up not lasting as well and again, I don't mean these are grown men. You got to always be incredibly respectful to them and, you know, how you to communicate with them. But I think a lot of times you just got to explain to people, like be on the same page. And do you want to be an all pro? Yes. Okay. What's it going to take to be an all pro? Is it a thousand shots a day? Is it 250 foul shots a day? Is it this mechanical thing? Is it going to, you know, if it's talking to somebody about your shot or about other things, whatever it is, you know, uh, to get yourself in a good frame of mind, well, whatever you need to do, then we need to do those things. We agree on those things. And then we're going to hold you accountable for them. And I'm going to call you out when you're not doing those things. You know, that's, that's more what I'm talking about, you know, and, and uh, again, you know, wh where do you want to be? How are you going to get there? And then who are you going to trust to hold you accountable and not shy away from that because you're the star? Well, I got to tell you, uh, it was very enlightening talking to you about all this. And, and look, Philly, Philly's all about tough love. And, and there was a lot of support when I was in the Wells Fargo Center and, and Ben was struggling with his free throws. They were all cheering and trying to help him. And then it kept getting worse. And then you felt the uncomfortableness and there was groans from the crowd. Um, so hopefully this is a point where, you know, Ben is saying, OK, I don't want all of this criticism that happens now. So. I have to fix this and, and offensively because he's amazing defensively. He's an amazing passer. Um, so hopefully this is kind of the tough love thing that, that gets him over the hump and, and the work has to be put in, but we all want to see Ben succeed. Right.
Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, I would love to see it in, in Philly where he is, you know, uh, that'd be terrific. Um, I mean, they have some good pieces there. Again, it's such a, if they win last game and they're in the series against Milwaukee, you would say they have as good a chance as anybody winning a championship, you know, and it's, it's uh, in that world, inches and seconds. And, you know, somebody's a hero and, and the Clippers could have been out a couple of games ago and obviously they're back against it now. But a couple of games ago, they were in real trouble in the first series. They were down 2-0. And, um, you know, it's it's just funny sometimes. Or, or, you know, if Brooklyn, if it's a three instead of two for Kevin Durant, Milwaukee's out and the coach is fired. Yeah. His foot's yeah. on an inch on the line. They win the game in overtime. Milwaukee wins. He gets an extension. And everybody says what a great job he's done. You know, so sometimes it's just inches and seconds that make somebody's career or, or hinder somebody's career. And um, I'm, I'm super confident that Ben will back, you know, bounce back. He's too talented. He's 24. You know, there's too many experts from Fran Fischella to Jay Billis to Dickie V to all these guys that watched him young and in and, and common and, you know, all these NBA guys as well. Almost nobody was picking him not to be a 10 year all-star and, and I mean, truthfully he's on the path to that, but obviously this is a, uh, you know, a moment where you've kind of hit a bottom and, you know, it's a defining moment. Do, do, does it affect you where you can't get back up from that? Or do you get back up strong? I, I don't think there's an in-between. I think it affects you where it's, you know, not good or you grow from it. You know, I don't think Ben is a sub in the NBA. You know, I think he either grows into a star player that we expect in him or it's not good. And I'm betting, you know, very, very, very confident he will end up being you know, a star player and a 10-time All-Star and, you know, a three-time, you know, first or second team All-Pro and, 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 and have a championship ring. So I'm very confident in that, um, you know, because he's just too talented. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, I'll tell you, that's great perspective. Good insight from you. Uh, and, and it's great to learn about some of the things that Ben did in high school. And hopefully he can find that again somewhere um we appreciate your time so much kevin boyle thank you so much for the time here thank you appreciate it who am i i'm the greatest who am i i'm so flagrant You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.